0: 2019 the Chicago Marathon Kenyan runner Eliud Kip I think is the way you pronounce it he broke the two-hour marathon mark during a special event when he finished the 26.2 mile course in one hour 59 minutes and 40 seconds he broke the two-hour mark for a marathon a mark many thought was unbreakable how did he do it well he did it with the help of of a team, a team of 40 plus rotating rabbits, pace-setters who set the record-breaking pace, created a wind-breaking phalanx for him to draft off of so he could conserve energy and break the record. Now, one thing that found interesting about this was that as they talked about how they broke it, I learned a lot of principles. For though this attempt was especially engineered for Kip Kogi to break the record, It was clearly a team effort and you can see by the joy in the eyes of all his rabbits as well well what is a rabbit a rabbit is a pace setter a pace setter who goes ahead to break the wind to set the pace but ultimately to back off at the finish line and allow that runner to break the record I found this story fascinating It demonstrated me several principles that I think are important to embrace as team leaders this summer. One, we want you to be rabbits for your team members. We want you to be those that are out there in the front serving them so that they can continue to break records. We want you to set the pace for them. We need you to set the example for them. We want you to break the wind for them so that they can draft off of your leadership as you go ahead. Do the hard things, let them learn from you, break the wind for them. We want you to challenge and empower them to go farther and faster than they think they can. We want you to celebrate with them as you delegate and you allow them to press on forward to the task and as they break records they never thought they could, celebrating together with them from behind. So my subject for you today is to lay out a picture of what it means to be a servant leader for your team this summer. I want to show you from Scripture how this unique form of leadership is distinctly Christian in its foundation. Servant leadership. Now, I want to start with the passage from Mark 10, 35 to 45, and I'm going to read it for you, but I'm going to give a little background. In this passage, Jesus and his disciples are heading to Jerusalem. And they're uh, going to a place where they know persecution is waiting because it's happened before. In fact, some of them are asking themselves, why are we going back to Jerusalem? And Jesus, knowing their questions and doubts, although they didn't verbalize them to him, he said, look, this is going to happen. I know it's going to happen. This is why I came. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to die. And this is why we're returning to Jerusalem. Now they also expected him as the Messiah to have some level of power and authority as the one who was predicted in Israel. And so I find it interesting that we have this request of the apostles James and John brothers, sons of Zebedee. And it says in verse 35 that as they were on their way to Jerusalem, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus and said, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Jesus responds, What is it you want me to do for you? They replied, Let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? Yes, we can, they answered with vigor. (laughs) And Jesus said to them, You will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with. But... To sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. Now, as you can imagine, the other disciples are wondering, what is all this conversation about? And then they learn. James and John are asking for special privileges in the kingdom of heaven. And verse 41 says, When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, Now, in this, you see clearly how Jesus is contrasting different forms of leadership, especially the worldly style of rule with power and authority, and his way of leadership in the kingdom of heaven. So for, for those rulers of the world, Jesus says they lord over their subjects. They exercise authority over them with power. They have a distinct idea that the motivation for this leadership is for themselves and not for their subjects. Unfortunately, this is one of the reasons Jesus is challenging John and James in their request. Wondering, perhaps, what is your motivation for that? Clearly he knew. And for Jesus, his response is clearly that he reminds them suffering and death is awaiting him in Jerusalem. Are they willing to suffer? Yes, they say, very, very courageously and boldly. Yes, we can, if it means we will have power and authority in the kingdom of heaven. But Jesus says, no, that's not the way it is with us. Greatness will be determined by a level of service. One willing to be a slave of all will be the first. For he says, even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Jesus himself was worthy of all worship and praise, yet he didn't come expecting this type of response and this type of expectation in this Time. Of course, to come in the future, yes, but instead his role was to serve. And he served and saved mankind by giving his life as a ransom for men. It reminds me of Luke 14 11, where Jesus said, For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Well, we see the similar example in Paul. In 1 Corinthians uh, 9 10 and 11, Paul's having a dispute with the Corinthians. And a lot of it is in regard to what he perceives as attitudes of servant leadership and how they perceive him as a leader. And he's debating with them because he's had several accusations from them. Uh, He says, for example, that he has the right to receive financial support, but he refuses to do so in order that might not hinder the gospel of Christ. It says he has a right to be married. He says, I have not used that right. Verse 19 of chapter 9 says, I have the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial or constructive. He uses this as a rhetorical question. See, going back even to Paul's great statement in um, chapter 9 of 1 Corinthians, he says, I have become all things to all people so that they might be saved. 10.24 again says, no one should seek their own good, but the good of others. And in context of a believer's freedom, giving up our rights so that others might come to know jesus and he wraps it up in first corinthians ten thirty one by saying whatever you do it all for the glory of god and he says imitate me as i imitate christ in this context i do it all for god's glory i don't want to cause anyone to stumble i try to please everyone in every way not seeking my own good but the good of many so that they might be saved so what we see in here is paul's goal is twofold God's glory and the salvation of the lost and that is why he is serving in leadership as he does again in Philippians 2 3 & 4 we clearly have an example of Jesus that Paul writes out as a challenge for the Philippians Philippians 2 you know this familiar verse do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit but in humility value others above yourselves don't look to your own interests But each of you, to the interest of others, in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Well, what was his mindset? Well, Paul goes on to say, being in very nature God, he didn't consider equality with God. Something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself, became obedient to death even death on a cross. This is the mindset of Jesus. The God made man come to earth to save mankind, came as a humble man, even though he was himself God. And he humbled himself even to death on a cross on our behalf. And then the challenge comes for the Philippians. Therefore, Paul says, you guys do everything without grumbling or arguing. Verse 14 so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then, he says, you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And obviously the idea is that in this type of mindset they will hold forth the gospel message in Philippi so that others may hear and believe in Jesus. See, Jesus was Paul's example for humility, and he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And we see also Jesus' example over and over in the book of John. And these are just a few examples of what the mindset of Jesus was, according to the Apostle John, as he described it. He, of course, is quoting Jesus himself. I always quote a few of these phrases. Jesus says the Son can do nothing by himself. He only does what he sees the Father doing. In another place, myself I can do nothing, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. Whoever speaks on their own does so to, do, to gain a personal glory. But he who speaks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth, and there is nothing false about him. John 8:50. I honor my father. I am not seeking glory for myself. John 10, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand thinks only of himself. He goes on to say, I, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. And this I'm commanded from my father to do. Again, in 1513, Jesus says, Greater love has no one than this, but to lay down one's life for the friend. And this is his example of servant leadership to his own disciples and in his presence here on earth, how he demonstrated his attitude towards his own service and his own job. Uh, John 13 a great example and this is one I often use overseas uh, with leaders in the church and I use this example to show the upside-down picture of leadership that goes against every idea of their own culture it's the foot washing the foot washing when Jesus after they've been out on the dusty road comes in wraps a towel around his waist takes a bowl of water And rubs and scrubs the dirt off the feet of the disciples you know that the disciples had trouble with that Peter himself says no 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 don't do that but in the end Jesus says I must do it if you were to have any part in me and at the end Jesus gives the instructions that he wants them to learn from this idea he says you call me teacher and Lord and rightly so for that's what I am Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. And of course, I think the greatest example we have of Jesus for servant leadership is the fact that he came down to earth and went to the cross on our behalf. Paul says as much in Philippians 2. For the gospel is almighty God taking initiative to solve a problem that he didn't cause by sending his beloved son to rescue sinners who hated him because he loves them so. The rescue is good for them, of course, but it brings glory to him as well. So we see this concept of servant leadership throughout the Bible, and these are just a few examples, So, but let's get practical, okay? We're asking you to model servant leadership on your team this year. And uh, I wanna share that you've been selected because uh, you've been selected as a leader mostly because you've been exhibiting focus values and you have experience. But remember, to lead as a servant, authority and trust must be earned. See, leadership's primary influence and influence comes from trust and respect earned from your team members. And the idea that uh, leadership is primarily influence means that, especially on your team, just because you're the team leader doesn't mean you should expect service, but that you should serve your team. See, servant leadership is, we learned it, is not about authority or power to be wielded over others for your own personal benefit. It's your team members recognizing you will do whatever is necessary to make the team successful and not yourself. As the team leader, I just wanna encourage you, you don't have to do everything, but you must be willing to do anything. Don't ask your teammates to do anything that they aren't absolutely positive, you would do yourself in a second. And I show a little picture here of what it means to be a servant leader as opposed to what it means to be a power leader or an authority leader. And we want you to be out front of your team, and at the same time with them in everything they do. So let's get to the sum up, all right? See a servant leader must, one, set the pace for their team. They have to be the rabbit. A servant leader, because of that, must first lead himself or herself. You've got to lead with moral character and discipline. A servant leader also exhibits humility in their leadership. How many of you feel unqualified for this job? Great. That's exactly where he should be, because then you will learn to trust in God and not in yourself. A servant leader's got to sacrifice for the team. These are all part of setting the pace. You've got to give up your rights for the sake of the team. Finally, as far as setting the pace, servant leader, you have to honor others above yourself. Others first, meaning God first. Team, host, the lost. But never honor yourself first. Romans 12, 9, 10 says love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, and outdo one another in showing honor. Now the second thing servant leader must do besides just setting the pace, they have to empower their team members. Servant leaders aware of their needs, of their team, and this means you're going to have to increase your powers of observation. You're going to have to try to discern what are the needs of your team, what are the needs of your host, what are the needs around you. And if you don't know, ask. Two, you've got to try to know and understand the strengths and weaknesses of yourself and your team. You've got to know their head, their heart, and the hands of each person. In other words, you've got to know how much they know. You've got to know what are their passions. And you you've got to know what their skills. Because the other thing they've got to do to empower your team member is you've got to delegate to that team. You've got to recognize you can't do it all and you've got a lot of team members there to help you fulfill that job. So as you empower your team members, you've got to encourage them. You also got to challenge them. You also got to support them in the jobs that they have to do. Help them if they need more information, help them if they need more skill. Try to find out what it is going to take for them to succeed in what they're doing. And finally. A good team leader a good servant leader it empowers their team members by celebrating what the team has accomplished together so let me wrap up with a final comment from john the baptist i wonder if you can imagine when john the baptist as he began to gain a notoriety in his ministry and then jesus comes along and it says in john chapter 10 how his disciples of john the baptist came and said look master There's another teacher coming and many are going after him. And John goes in to explain that he is simply the bridegroom. And the bridegroom is all too happy for the groom to arrive. And when he comes, he feels no jealousy or envy for himself. He feels nothing but joy for the bridegroom who has come. And when that bridegroom arrives, we don't think about ourselves and our needs or anything else. No, our joy is complete because the bridegroom has arrived. And John concludes by saying, he must increase and I must decrease. What a challenge for us as we grow in the skills of servant leadership.